So let's go ahead and open up the Ridge app, and let's jump into those message notes this morning. We got a lot coming your way, but as you're finding those message notes, um, let me kind of fill you in on where we've been. So we've been in this series called Faith Over Fear, okay? And today, I'm excited. This is the last one of this series. We're going to end it with a bang, but let me kind of recap just a little bit to kind of share with you where we've been. In week number one, we talked about how fear can actually keep us from living into what God wants us to do. So we talked about like what to do in order to face that fear that we all have in life. And then week number two, we said, you know what, you're either carrying faith or fear. And just like a virus can spread, uh, so can those two things. And so what we need to do is make sure that we're spreading to other people the faith we have and not the fear that we tend to hold on to and carry. And then last week, we talked about fear of the future because... All of us suffer from being afraid from what's coming next, and even though I don't know, and even though I can't see in five years from now, 10 years, or even tomorrow, I'm worried about this, that, or the other. And we looked at the 23rd Psalm, and we said, you know what, King David gave us a lot to think about in that. And he said, you know what, no matter what happens next, no matter what happens in our future, I can face it because I know that God's goodness and his grace and his glory are already ahead of me. So no matter what comes, I know that he is with me. Okay, so those are the last three weeks. And if you missed any of those, you can go catch them up online, okay? But that leads us to today. And what I want to do today is I want to wrap all this up by talking about the unexpected problems that we face, okay? Because for me, and this may be true for you, but there is nothing scarier than something popping up that I was not ready for, right? And of course, the biggest example of this, you know, this is a no-brainer here, but the biggest example of an unexpected crisis that just all came at us at once is the pandemic. Right? I mean, nobody was prepared for this, right? What's crazy, too, is that there's very few moments in life that we all face something together that we're not ready for, right? I mean, usually something may happen to you or something may happen to me or somebody, something happens to somebody that we love, right? And you're like, wow, that was crazy. And like, how did you deal with that? And that just blows my mind. But rarely does it all happen to us at the same time. When like maybe a hurricane comes through, right? And that affects a lot of people at the same time. Or when the stock market crashes, and that affects everybody at the same time. When Georgia, a couple of years ago, lost it in the national championship, like that affected us all at the same time, right? Sorry, I don't even know why I brought that up, right? But anyway, there are a few things that happened, but this pandemic, this was one of those things that was just unexpected that happened to all of us. And it just took us all by surprise. And those of you that are part of church conference and you read the little pastoral report that I did, y'all, y'all may remember that I talked about March 13th and how that was like a day that I'll never forget because it was on that Friday that I was standing outside praying and I was just like, God, what do we do next? Like, you know, we weren't really sure what to do with the pandemic. And one thing we did know though was that we had to limit large group gatherings. Like, that was, everybody was on the same page for that. And then, so that Friday on March 13th, I was like, but how do we cancel church? Like, how do you cancel church? Because I grew up, like, I grew up always going to church no matter what happens, like, every Sunday you were in church. Like, even on those special snowy Georgia Sundays, like, we still went, we still had church. We would just use that as an opportunity to tell people to wear their PJs to church, right? As though that made it any better, right? Like, somehow I'll risk it going to church and driving in the snow if I get to wear my slippers and my Snuggie, right? But, but that's what we did, right? We never canceled church. I... um. I read somebody's post on safety and it said, it went on and on and on about the statistics. And it said, you know what, you shouldn't ever ride in an automobile because it causes 20% accidents and you probably shouldn't spend 
all your time at home because that's 17% of accidents and don't walk in the street when you're out walking or jogging, that's 15%. You know, and it just goes on and on and on. And then at the end of it, it said, but at church, only 0.001% of accidents happen at church, so go to church, right? And that's kind of how I grew up. Like you were just in church, but this was different. COVID was different and everybody was at risk, right? And I just kind of, I just bring that up to say, you know what? That's just one example. But life is dangerous. Life is difficult. And there's a lot to be afraid of around us. And what's crazy is that there's a lot of unexpected things that just pop up. To some of us and to all of us at the same time. I like the way the Proverbs, let me start with this verse. This is in your message notes. If you got it open, you can follow along. The writer of Proverbs says this. He says, no need to panic over alarms or surprises or predictions at doomsdays just around the corner. Like this, this verse seems like it was just written for our time, right? Because this is what we hear in the news every day. Like doomsday is right around the corner, right? You need to panic. You need to be worried about this. Like this was unexpected and this was crazy and it's just gonna mess up your day. And what he's saying is no need to panic. Don't panic over it. Even though you didn't see it coming, even though you might not feel prepared for it. And then he goes on, the next part of this verse, he says, because God will be right there with you. No matter what comes your way, no matter what takes you by surprise, he'll keep you safe and sound. And isn't that a great promise? No matter what curveballs are thrown my way. Like, I know that God's promise is that he's with me. So what I want to do today is to talk about this, how to deal with unexpected crisis, like those things that kind of pop up out of nowhere. I want to read a Bible story of a time when the disciples faced a storm. Like when they faced something that just popped up out of nowhere. How Jesus was with them and how Jesus brought calm and comfort to them in the middle of that crazy situation. And I bet you already know the story that we're going to read today. But it comes from Mark chapter 4 verses 35 through 41. So let's read this through together and then we're going to use this story and we're going to talk about how to face those things that pop up in our life. So it starts in verse 35. It says this. As the evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out. This is in the Sea of Galilee. They left the crowds behind, although other boats began to follow. But soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on the cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was this great calm. And then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, okay? But before we dive into what to do when we face those storms in life, like what to do when an unexpected crisis, like when just something pops up, what I want to do is I want to first talk about the problems that we face, okay? In fact, let me give you four facts about unexpected crisis. If you got your message notes, let's go ahead and fill in these blanks, okay? Four things to remember because this story teaches us that these things happen to all of us, and this is number one. Point number one is to expect the unexpected, 
Okay, this story reminds us we just need to expect the unexpected. Crises are inevitable in our lives. You're going to experience it. It's going to happen. And sometimes, I hate to say it, but there's no good reason for it. Sometimes it's just the result of living in a broken and fallen world. And, and honestly, I mean, when you look at this story, a storm on the sea, like really, that's, that's gonna happen. Storms are gonna happen on the sea. But if there was anybody that you would think that shouldn't have to deal with storms on the sea, it would be those people that Jesus was close to, right? Like his disciples, those people that Jesus was closest to, or maybe Maybe even his family, like if there were people that were going to catch all the green lights, right? Like never get stopped by a red light, never get stuck in a traffic jam, always get in the perfect space when they're trying to park. You know, like it's Jesus's people that he's closest to, right? That's what you would expect. But, 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 James, the brother of Jesus, look what he writes. This is um, Jesus's family. He says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, He's writing to other believers, and this is the brother of Jesus, and he doesn't say if troubles come. He doesn't say what if troubles come. No, no, no. No, he says when they come. Like, get ready for it. Like, it's going to happen, and when it does, when it does, because you're expecting the unexpected, then you can use it as an opportunity to spread the joy that only comes through Jesus, even in the middle of a difficult situation. So the point is this. No one has an easy time in life. We all deal with problems. We should expect difficulties. They're inevitable. Point number two that we learn in this is that no one's immune. No one's immune, okay? This goes right along with the other point. Back to this, back to this idea of some people kind of being immune from problems or shouldn't have any problems. You know, that's just not possible. Crisis happened to believers and unbelievers. In fact, Matthew 5, 45 um, go, go on to the next slide here, Wayne. Um, is, it, is it on here? No, 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 go back. I'm sorry, I didn't have it up there. Matthew 5, 45, it says this. He says, Jesus causes, God causes the sun to rise on good people and on evil people. He sends rain to those who do right and to those who do wrong. And what Jesus is getting at here is like, God, it's the same for everybody, no matter who they are. And the reason I bring this up is because I'm always amazed how many people fall into two categories? Number one, it's like if you're a Christian, they believe that, that bad things shouldn't happen to you. Like, like, like you should be exempt from stuff. And, and the reason I bring this up is because you don't know how many times as a preacher people come to me and they try to explain their problems. And then they look at me and they're like, but you would never understand. You're pre- I mean, what do you know about hard times? As though I don't go through anything. And that's not true. It's not true for me. It's not true for you. And number two, another category people put it in is that if something bad happens in your life, then you must not really be a good Christian because God must be upset with you. And sometimes I hate to say it, but you could be doing everything right and still a storm is gonna come your way. It's just part of life. In fact, y'all, this story is a great example of this because the disciples were doing everything they were supposed to do. Who was it that told them to get in the boat? Jesus Like Jesus, they're just following what Jesus told them to do. And when they did, they sailed directly into a storm. Sometimes you can be doing exactly what God wants you to do. And still, it happens. No one's immune. The third thing is that a crisis can happen at any time. Crisis can happen suddenly, unexpectedly, just pop up. In this story, the disciples got in the boat. And they went out thinking in the water, everything is fine. Everything is just fine and dandy. And then scripture says... 
that but soon a fierce storm came up. Just came up out of nowhere. Now, now there's a couple of reasons for this. It's because the Sea of Galilee is really close to the Mediterranean, and sometimes the, you know, the weather patterns come in really, really sharp and really hard. And sometimes the Sea of Galilee is also is kind of in a bowl. It's got mountains around it, so it, it picks up this unusual wind pattern too. But the point is this: is that you don't always see it coming. It just happens, and it can happen at any time. A good example of this is clear turbulence. Like when you're a plane, there, there are those moments where there's not a storm, there's not a cloud in the sky, and yet there's these pockets where you don't see it coming, but you feel it because it's just turbulence, right? You know it's there because it shakes the plane a little bit. And a crisis can be like that. We don't always see it coming. We can't predict when tragedy is going to strike, and that's what makes it so scary, right? You don't know what's coming tomorrow or the next day or the next year, and even though you can't see it, it'll pop up. And it'll shake you up. It happens. The, point, the fourth point is this. I can choose how I can respond. I can choose how I respond to these things. This, is, this story is a great example of this because in verse 38, you got the disciples' response. And disciples look at this situation and like, we're gonna drown. <laughs> we're gonna drown. There is no hope for us. And then in verse 39, the very next verse after that, Jesus' reaction was saying, why are you so afraid? Like, why are you so afraid? There's two different options here. There's either panic or peace. And when a crisis happens, when these things pop up in our life, we can have the same reaction. We can either respond with panic or peace. We can be filled with panic like the disciples or peace like Jesus. Now, now before we start talking bad about the disciples and how they panic, I think we need to be reminded that they were fishermen, right? A lot of these guys, like they were pros. They, this is what they did. This is how they made their living. Like this is what they were doing every day. This ain't their first rodeo. In fact, I wonder if how when they first set out, they were trying to show off for Jesus. Like I wonder if like they all got in the boat when Jesus told them to get in the boat and they were all, all like trying to see who could catch the biggest fish or who had the best bait and tackle or who could tie the best fisherman's knot. And that's all the examples I'm going to use because that's all I know about fishing. But I think you get my point, right? Like, like they were just probably trying to show off because why? Because they're pros and the pros in this situation, the pros were panicked. Okay, and just to illustrate how big this storm was. The Greek word that's used for storm is where we get the word seismograph from. Like, you know what a seismograph does, right? It, it, it rates earthquakes. So the, the word literally means violent shaking. So the boat, the boat is shaking so bad. The weather is so bad that it's coming in over the sides and I don't care who you are. Even if you're a pro, like in this situation, that's scary, but not for Jesus. What is Jesus doing in the middle of all this? What we see is that he's at peace. In fact, he's so peaceful, he's actually sleeping. I've always been amazed at people that can fall asleep anywhere. Like, and I've learned that the older I get, that the more comfortable I get falling asleep everywhere as well. If you leave me alone for more than 10 minutes and I don't have my phone, I don't have, I'm out. Like, I'm gone. I have learned the art of sleeping while sitting up, and that's how you know you're getting older, right? And I know that some of y'all have also learned that art because I see you on Sunday mornings. Like, I see you. You know, but, but Jesus, what, what, what makes this so interesting is that Jesus is sleeping in this situation while the storm is raging around them. 
And you know what? This teaches me a couple of things. The fact that Jesus is sleeping in this. Number one, it teaches me that he's human. He's tired. He's tired. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how much rest I get. On a Saturday night, I'm always tired after preaching on Sunday mornings. It just does. And what about Jesus? Jesus in the middle of this, he's been preaching. In fact, he's trying to get away from these people is why he says, get in the boat. Let's sail to the other side. And what do they do? But they get in their boats and they follow him. Like he needs rest. He's tired from preaching and leading all of these people. And, and here's, what, here's why I bring that up. is because no matter what happens in life, it, it shows that Jesus is human. Like he knows exactly what we go through. He knows how tired we get. He knows what it means to panic because he's been in those situations, right? But the other thing this teaches me is that it shows me that Jesus wasn't worried. He knew that God the Father would take care of him. In fact, this picture of Jesus sleeping in the boat is the perfect image of being able to trust God no matter what's going on. No matter what's happening around Jesus, he is so at peace that he's sleeping. And you know what? Contrast that with us. That's not how we react, is it? That's not what we always do. No, we, we don't sleep peacefully in the middle of the storm. No, what do we do? We stay awake and we panic and we don't sleep. We act like the disciples who are afraid, who are looking at Jesus and they're like, who can sleep in the middle of this? Like, what is going on here? So, so here's what I'm gonna go. Here's where I'm gonna go next. Is that knowing those four points of like, you know, what we can all expect from crisis that they're gonna happen, that no one's immune to them. Here's where I wanna go next. How do we get that kind of peace? Like, how do we capture some of that peace that comes from it, that Jesus illustrates in that story? Because that's what I want. That's what, knowing that those things have, like, that's good to have that information. Like, I know stuff is gonna happen, and I know it's gonna come, and I know that it comes for us all. Even if I'm trying to do right, a crisis can still happen. But what I wanna know, to end this out, it's like, how can I gain more of that peace? Because that's what I need. So, so here's what I want you to know. Look at point number one. I want you to remember, next time an unexpected crisis pops up, number one, God is close. Okay, this is how you know. Jesus knew God the Father. His Father was, was always with him. He knew that God was close. And I want you to remember that no matter what is going on in the middle of the storm, Jesus is in the boat with you. He is with you. He is in the boat with you. It's almost like the disciples forgot that God is in the boat with them, right? Let me go back to my flight, um, flight story again. I, re- I remember one time we hit that turbulence, and it was a long time ago, and we were flying as a family somewhere, and we hit turbulence so bad, y'all, I thought there is no way I'm going to talk my family to ever into getting onto a plane again. Like, it was that bad. We were bouncing all over. I, I really expected the mask to pop down, you know. And in fact, in my mind, I was saying the Lord's Prayer. I was like, oh, dear God, don't take me now, right? Like, it was one of those moments that was freaking me out. But I noticed, like, with the staff on the plane, they weren't worried. Like, they were just sitting in their chair, like, thumbing through a magazine, and so after it was all over, like, I thought it was a big deal. And I asked them, I was like, so how bad was that? Like, on a scale of one to 10. And they were like, oh, I'd give that a solid five. And I was like, no, you mean it could get worse? And they were like, oh, yeah. And I remember one time being on a plane where not only could I see the staff, but I, I was on the one of those small planes that you can literally see the pilot, right? And so, you know, going through all that stuff, like, I could see the pilot. And here's, 
Here's what I've learned in the middle of those storms is like keep, if you're keeping your eyes on the staff that's controlling everything, if you're able to keep your eyes on the pilot that's literally flying the plane, like if they're not worried, then why should I be worried? Right? And it's kind of like that in life. Like, I got to keep my eyes off the problem and I got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Like, He is the pilot in life. Like, He is the captain of the ship, right? And if that's the case, do I really need to worry? Because if He's in the boat with me and He's not concerned, even though I think it's a big deal, even though I wasn't expecting this, if He's not worried, maybe I shouldn't be worried. You see, the problem is, here's the problem that we face, is that so many times when we get in those situations when things pop up, we overreact. I don't know about you, but that's how I tend to overreact in those situations. And suddenly, just like the disciples, I tend to think that God's not with me. Like, where is God? What's going on? How could this happen? Where are you? Let me give you another piece of scripture that illustrates this. It comes from Isaiah. This is kind of a big one. God says, don't be afraid because I have saved you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you cross the rivers, you will not drown. I want you to focus on that phrase, God saying, I will be with you. The water will not overwhelm you. And I know it looks bad. And I know it looks like you're going to drown. And I know those waves are crashing into the side of the boat. And I know you weren't prepared for this storm. But God is close. He is, not only is he with you, but he's in the boat. He is the captain of the ship. And if that's the case, there's no reason to be afraid, no matter what it is. The second thing I got to be reminded of when that unexpected storm comes is that I got to remember that God is caring. Not only is he close, but he cares about you. Not only is he present with me, but he loves me. And the reason I focus on this in this story is because of what the disciples say to Jesus. That the disciples say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And and you know what? Like when you look at that part in the story, like that's the typical response, right? Like when we're wondering where Jesus is and he doesn't feel close, what's going on? Like we sometimes, we look at God in the middle of an unexpected crisis and we're like, well, you just, you just don't care. Like obviously you don't care about this. Like obviously you don't love me. And the exact opposite is true. He, he loves and cares for us so much. In fact, let me put it to you this way. Have you ever tried to describe something that you just couldn't put into words? Like, Maybe you tasted something or you went somewhere, you experienced something, and then you get home and you want to tell your friends and you want to tell your family and like you're sitting up on Sunday morning, you're trying to tell everybody about it and you're just like, at the end of the conversation, you're like, oh, I just can't. I just can't describe it. Like, it's just too good. Like, you've got to experience it. That's kind of the deal when it comes to God's love for you. Truth is, you have no idea how much God loves you. How much God cares for you, even now, no matter what you're facing, no matter what may happen tomorrow. Even if I tried to explain how much he loves you and how much he cares for you, I would fall terribly short. I cannot do it because scripture says you can't begin to imagine how big and how deep and how wide and how great his love for you. In fact, Paul, the apostle Paul in one of his letters to the church in Ephesus, he's trying to tell them how much God loves them. He's trying to communicate God's love and care for them. And then in chapter 
3, verse 19, he says this. He says, I want you to know all about Christ's love. Like, I want you to know it. I'm trying to explain it to you. Like, I want you to get it. But it's just too wonderful to be measured. That's what he says. He's like, I just can't do it. I can't fully describe how much God loves you. And the reason I bring that up is because when that unexpected crisis happens, it's easy to act just like the disciples. It's easy to throw your hands up in the air and just go, God, you must not. What I do, you must not care for me anymore. And if that's the case, and like you're, you're feeling that way, like what I want you to do when you get in those moments is I just want you to, to remind yourself God is close and God cares. I just remind yourself of those two points. Just say that to yourself. Like, just let that kind of comfort you and just say, God is close and he cares. Now, for the last point, what I want to do is I want to bring up what the disciples did right. Because when they got scared, they did something right. When they were overwhelmed by this storm that just kind of popped up over, out of nowhere, here's what they did. They went straight to Jesus. They went right to the source. Like, they didn't try to huddle up and get a game plan. Like, they didn't try to take a meeting and take a vote about what to do next. Or, you know, Peter didn't jump overboard and he's like, see you later, suckers, you know, and try to swim for the shore or anything like that. Like, no, 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 what they did was they came right to Jesus. So point number three is this, is that they remember that God is in control. God is in control. Mark chapter four, verse 39, it says this, when Jesus woke up, What did he do? He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, he said, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, and there was this great calm. Imagine, imagine being in that moment. Imagine seeing Jesus, like you are scared for your life, and imagine waking Jesus up, and Jesus standing up, and looking at the wind, and just going, hey, knock it off, I'm trying to sleep here, right? That's crazy. And not only that, but everything is calm. Like, like skip a rock on top of the water calm. Who does that? Like, I can understand a little bit about the waves, even though that's kind of hard to imagine. That the, I mean, that the wind, the wind just stopped, but the waves too, like everything just, just both calm in an instant. What was the point of that? Like, what was the point of all of that? I think it was so that Jesus could show that he's in control. There is nothing he can't control. You see, the reason that's important to remember is because most of the time, we're afraid, we get scared of the things that we can't control. The things that we feel like are just out of control in life. When we can't control a situation, we, we, get, we get nervous and we get anxious and we worry and we're afraid. And the truth of the matter is, is that most of life is out of our control. You can't control everything. You can't control what happens at work. You can't control what happens with your kids and the decisions they make. You can't control sometimes what happens with the stock market and all that. And as a result, those things that we can't control, that's why we're afraid. So if that's the case, there's an obvious answer to overcoming that kind of fear in life, isn't it? If most of fear, if if most of what we fear in life are, are about the things that we can't control, then the obvious answer is that we have to trust the one that is in control. 
right? We fear too much because we trust God too little. We fear too much because we trust God too little. The more I trust the one who is in control, the less I'm afraid. Jesus says this in John 16, He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus just acknowledged it. Like, these are some of the last words he tells his disciples. And he's like, listen, guys, you're gonna have trouble. It's gonna happen. And I know that you're closer. Like, you're the closest guys that I have in my life. But yet, trouble is still going to happen. But be encouraged, even when it does. Because I've won the battle. Jesus is like, no matter what happens, I'm still in control. So just to hammer this point home of Jesus being in control, like, do you think that Jesus knew the storm was coming? Like, do you think he did? Like, when he told the disciples, get in the boat and get going, do you think, even before he fell asleep, like, do you think he knew that when he woke up that there was gonna be a storm? Yes, of course he did. Of course he did. And I think that also teaches us a, a profound truth that Christ can be trusted in the middle of a crisis. Like when you're going through a crisis or, you know, some of you might be heading into one right now, right? Or maybe you just came out of one. Or maybe some of you are just waiting for the next shoe to drop. Like you're waiting for it to happen, whatever it may be. It doesn't take Jesus by surprise. Jesus knows it's there. Jesus knows it's coming. And not only that, only that, but he's in control. He's in control over it all. So just to wrap all this up, let me just close by asking you this. Like, what's rocking your boat today? Like, what is it? Like, what are you facing right now that's got you so shaken up? What are you sailing through right now? Is it an emotional storm? Is it a relational storm? Is it a financial storm? Whatever it is, it just popped up out of nowhere. Or maybe you're scared of what could pop up. What are you, where are you taking in water in life and you just feel overwhelmed and you just feel like you're about to drown? Listen, there's two ways to react to this. You can either have peace or you can panic. And Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants to calm the restlessness in your heart. And he can do it in such a way, what's so great about the story, he can do it such, in such a way that it just leaves you amazed. Like the best part of this story, right? The best part of the story is like after everything has happened and the disciples look at Jesus and they just look at Jesus and they're like, who are you? This is, like, this is the craziest thing we've ever, who are you? Who is this Jesus? And I believe, and I believe with everything, for those of you that are worshiping with us online, whatever you're facing, for those of you that are with us right now, whatever you're facing in life, like, I think the overwhelming peace of Christ can be so amazing that it can just make you pause and look up to God and go, who are you? Like, I didn't know that this kind of peace was actually possible. But that can only come. That can only come if we're willing to remember just how close he is. That he cares about us so deeply. And that he's in control over everything. That's when we find that overwhelming peace. Let's pray together. God. I just thank you for this reminder today. God, so much of life is out of control. It just feels that way. God, we don't always, 
get to decide what happens next. And that's what's so scary about things. Sometimes, God, things are just out of our hands. And that's just part of life. That's just how it is. But no matter what happens next, God, we can take comfort in the fact of knowing that you're close to us, that you are right beside us in the middle of the storm, whatever that storm may be. And God, that no matter what happens, even when it feels like everybody else has turned their back and we might feel like we're all alone, that you are with us and that you care for us because you love us so much. Scripture says, God, that we can't even begin to describe how much you love us. And ultimately, God, we're reminded that you're in control. And God, if you can silence the wind and if you can calm the waves, God, then I know that you can take this situation that I'm in, that we're in together, God, and no matter what's going on, you can do a great work in it. So Jesus, I just pray for everybody right now, everybody that's worshiping with us, God, whoever is heading into a storm or, or God, whoever's in the middle of a storm right now or, or every, anybody that's just coming out of a storm, God, whatever's happened that's just caught us by surprise, God, that you would just be with them. God, that they would feel your presence and your love and your power. Jesus, we trust you. We trust you to be Lord over all. God, no matter what we face in life, our focus is going to be on the captain of the ship, not on the storm around us. Jesus, we give you our lives. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. And amen.